Okay, so let's go ahead and move on to the next story on our list, the next urban legend, which actually might be better termed a rural legend than an urban legend. There's a ton of cryptid stories to go into, but we chose the Mothman. So, Jake, I'll let you go ahead and tell us all about the Mothman. A cold November night, 1966. Three men are digging in a grave in the tiny town of Clendenin, West Virginia. Their dirty work is interrupted by something seemingly impossible. Each of them reports seeing a very large and very dark figure fly across the sky overhead. A short time later, two young couples go for a night drive to an old abandoned munitions factory. As they climb from their car into the dark, eerie night, they encounter a tall, dark, humanoid figure with very large red eyes and wings that stretch ten feet across. Leaping back into their car, they speed out of the lot, tires spinning and kicking gravel in their haste. The creature pursues them, flying above the car. The gravediggers and the youngsters both report their sightings to the local police. Turns out they weren't the only ones to have these close encounters. Many others come forward with sightings of their own. The reports would continue to come in from alarmed, scared, or simply bewildered citizens until December of 1967. The last sighting of the creature, now nicknamed the Mothman, happened that December Witnesses report seeing the creature land atop the Silver Bridge, which stretched across the Ohio River from Point Pleasant, West Virginia, to Gallipos, Ohio. Not long after the sighting, on December 15th, the Silver Bridge collapsed during the evening rush hour, killing 46 people. The Mothman was never seen again in the area, but many have reported seeing a similar figure haunting the skies just before many other disasters. No one truly knows if he was merely there to warn people of the impending tragedy, or if this Mothman was the one setting these catastrophes in motion. Alright, so for whatever reason, this one strikes me as a little less scary. I don't know, like, I do believe in the paranormal and there's a potential of cryptids. But maybe because I've lived in Montana long enough, I just kind of classify cryptids as the rest of, you know, nature. So I'm not going to go up and pet a bison or fuck with a grizzly bear. Like, I'm just smart enough to know not to do that. So in my mind, when I hear about Bigfoot or the Mothman, I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to try to not fuck with it and just take the necessary precautions needed as a landowner in this area to not get fucked with by it. Are there actual reports of the Mothman Ivy? Like, is this because in the story of the retelling we have here, it talks about people actually making police reports back here in the 60s. Is that verifiable? Do you know? Yeah, that's verifiable. When I pulled the information from here, some of the smaller details might be a little bit off, but for the most part, like the dates and the towns and everything, those are actual places where the sightings happened. And yes, there were police reports and there was like a big to-do for about a year in this little area in West Virginia of people saying that they saw the Mothman. The movie The Mothman Prophecy, that movie is actually kind of an interesting and I think good, I don't know if I would call it horror, but more of a suspense maybe, but it is based off of a book written by, I think the guy's name is John Keel, about the Mothman experiences. He actually went to the town and he interviewed lots of people about things that they experienced. And there was a whole lot of things going on that weren't all necessarily just related to this cryptid that people were seeing. So there is a much larger story if you actually wanted to 
check that out in uh, John Teal's book. I'll have to look up the name of it. We'll put it on the resources page. But yeah, this all of this stuff is actually something that was reported. People saw it was reported to police. It was in newspapers. There's a reason why the town of Point Pleasant, they like have a Mothman festival every year. And they have a statue of Mothman in the town because this is actually a part of their local lore that is very much connected to the real tragedy of the bridge collapsing and all of those people dying. So of all the urban legends that we're covering today, this is the one where I think it has the most actual, I guess, evidence of these events actually occurring, whether you want to believe the witnesses to the Mothman or not. These are things that actually did occur. People were affected. The bridge did collapse. There are lots of people that reported these things. There was a guy who went there and wrote an entire book about the things that people were experiencing during that period of time. And that's kind of why when we were coming up with the list of stories that we wanted to cover, I specifically wanted to cover the Mothman because it is the one that I think has the most evidence, if you want to call it that, backing it up and something that is more succinct of a story. Because when you talk about Bigfoot or like the Jersey Devil or the Swamp Ape or any of those other cryptids. Yeah, there's tons of stories and sightings and things like that that have happened all over the place. But the Mothman has a very elaborate story that goes with it where there were multiple real people that were actually involved in this. Okay, so there are a lot of verifiable reports and there are a lot of verifiable incidents that happen that are on record. But what do we think is really behind this? Jake, I mean, what are your thoughts? Is there a giant Mothman that was flying around West Virginia? I mean, there might have been. I'm not going to say that there was or there wasn't. I don't have any issues with this story either way, because most myths and legends come from some basis of fact. So if there is an actual Mothman running around the mountains, then, I mean, that's cool. If I'm out hiking and I'm in nature and I get mothmanned, then, I mean, it's just what it is. I mean, I'm not the, the best, baddest person out in nature, so, you know, nature wins. If it's a guy that had some really nice wings and stood on a bridge, well, then that's awesome because that one guy started like a whole movement and now this town has something to be super thrilled about. I mean, not the bridge, obviously. That's We don't want to say that's good because people lost their lives. But, I mean, one guy started all that or nature wins. Either way, I'm, I have no problems with this story. I think I'm kind of the same way when it comes to cryptids, because you talked about that idea of a lot of the myths and legends come from something. And that's one of the things I kind of look at when I'm like, okay, is there truth here is, do you see this in different cultures? Do you see this in different areas? Do you see it come up independently? And I feel like when it comes to cryptids, there are so many retellings of this. So I do think there's something underneath it. And I don't necessarily know that it's just the human psyche and our need to create something. Part of me does wonder if there is some things out there, and if you're talking evolution or adaptability, it's likely to be different in each area because the kind of creatures that are going to survive in West Virginia are not the kind that would necessarily survive in Florida or Seattle. What about you, Ivy? Where are you on the idea of was there an actual Mothman? I don't have a fully formed opinion on this any more than I have a fully formed opinion on cryptids in general. I believe in a lot of paranormal things because I have had experiences that I can't explain with things that I would consider to be spirits or maybe even parallel dimension type thing. But with cryptids, I've never had a personal experience with it. There's all of these stories and these stories are all over the world. They are in all sorts of different cultures throughout time. So I am open to the idea of cryptids. Do I specifically believe in the Mothman? 
I don't know. Undecided for me. Obviously, it was a phenomenon in this town that lots of people actually experienced in very real ways. And I don't automatically discount anybody who says that they've had an experience with a cryptid, regardless of what kind of cryptid it is. I think the, the world is a very massive place. And I think there's a lot of things that we don't know. I think there's creatures that live in the woods that nobody has, has encountered before. I suspect there's creatures that live deep in the oceans that nobody has ever encountered before. I don't fall into the trap of human arrogance of thinking that we know everything and we know all the creatures that exist in the world because we do still continually find things. And if these things are highly intelligent, maybe they could just hide out and not be found. They're really intelligent. Maybe they're just good at covering their tracks or there's so many people that don't believe in the possibility of them that it just automatically gets brushed aside as just crazy people telling crazy stories. So I am open to the idea of cryptids. I've never had a personal experience with a cryptid or anything that I think is even close to having an experience with a cryptid and I spend a lot of time out in the wilderness. Maybe I will someday, maybe I won't, but I'm open to the I'm open to the idea of it. And I think regardless of whether they exist or not, it is fascinating to me that these sorts of myths exist in various forms all across the world and for generations upon generations upon generations. This is not just like a singular cultural phenomenon. This is not something that's specific to this town or this country or even this time period. This is something, a mystery that has existed for seemingly as long as humans have been around and experiencing the world around them. And so I think we have to give it some weight and some credit to these stories just on the basis of how long these myths have been around. This is such a phenomenon that it has affected humanity for as long as humanity has been humanity. That is very accurate. And it makes me kind of wonder, why are we retelling these stories? You know, is it just a matter of my narrative of the day? I went to work. I got caught in traffic. I saw the Mothman. Is it just one of those things? Is it a reaching out of, I saw this really crazy thing that shouldn't exist and now I feel insane and I need validation so that I don't think I'm crazy anymore? Is there some moral behind this? Eat your vegetables or Bigfoot will get you... Why do you think we keep telling these stories? I think there's probably a lot of reasons why we keep retelling these stories. I think part of it is the mystery of it all. I think mystery is something that is captivating and fascinating to people. I think there is kind of that cautionary aspect of it, kind of like what we were talking about with Bloody Mary, don't fuck with the unknown. I think some of it comes back to the fear that humans have of the wild because we can't control the wilderness. If there is something that could be you know, higher up the food chain than we are that's lurking out in the woods or lurking in the deep waters of the ocean. Like, that's terrifying to people. And so I think that's part of it, too. But I also think there's also cautionary tales that are entrenched in specific cultures where these cryptids are, like, kind of originate from. Aside from the Mothman or even aside from Bigfoot, like, I think about the stories that happened on Skinwalker Ranch and the idea of skinwalkers and what they represent in Native culture. And I didn't pick that story because I am not Native and I I don't want to speak for indigenous peoples about things that I don't fully understand because most of the information that I've gotten about skinwalkers comes from white people who are researching <laughs> because they're fascinated by the idea of skinwalkers. But my understanding, and if you are indigenous and I'm getting this wrong, please write in and I will make a correction in an upcoming episode. But my understanding is that skinwalkers, the cautionary tale there is that skinwalkers were shamans that started using their powers for darkness and they started trying to connect with these darker powers in nature 
and it kind of warped them. And so now they are these dark creatures. So like the cautionary tale there is I would see it. And again, correct me if I'm wrong, is that if you are going to pursue the path of a healer and you're going to try to help people, do not let power warp you. Do not go down dark paths. Don't open doors that you can't close. Don't allow yourself to be sucked in by the allure of having powers beyond measure. Your purpose as a shaman and as a healer is to serve the people within your tribe and to serve your community. Do not let the position of power and the powers of healing and stuff that you have accessible to you warp who you are as a person and turn you into something dark and negative. So I think that there are lots of different reasons why we continue to retell these stories. And I think some of it does come down to these like cultural components that have to do with where these cryptids originate from in terms of the original mythos. That would make sense. Some of them have cautionary tales. Some of them don't. And like you noted with Skinwalkers, that one feels very, very rooted in the culture from which it came. So in my mind, maybe these cryptids do exist. And then us as humans, we, of course, then paint our narratives on them. We use them as an icon to then paint the moral that we want. But that moral isn't maybe necessarily relevant or true to any particular cryptid. It's just a story we made up to explain it. I don't know. Why do you think we keep telling these stories about all the cryptids? Bigfoot, Mothman, the swamp ape we talked about. What do you think, Jake? I think that we just don't know. And I think that's part of why we we tell them. I'm not going to say that people haven't had encounters and seen them and all that, but we don't know. Like Ivy said, we're finding more and more things that we've never found before all the time. And when that happens this often... You just have to realize that we don't have the answers. And if anything is in the woods or in the swamps or anywhere else and it hasn't been found or clearly documented by this point, it doesn't want to be found. That makes a really good point, though. And I I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Ivy, because you know more about this because, I don't know, you know more about a lot of things than I do. But I feel like we get less adamant reports of cryptids than we used to like they used to be more prevalent and more accepted and if what jake's saying you know which i feel like has merit if they're actually trying to hide and you're not a threat they would approach you but because humanity has encroached so much everywhere humanity is now just typically perceived as a threat by anything in nature i wonder if that's why we're getting less reports or less ability to get visual evidence because just as our technology has increased so has our threat level to nature and so it's quite possible that these cryptids are becoming more and more leave me the fuck alone don't find me because yeah we have grizzly bears in montana i've never seen one hell i've lived in the country for a good portion at least over half of my life i've lived in rural areas i've never seen a coyote i hear them or what I am told is coyotes, but I have never in my life seen a coyote. Doesn't mean they don't exist. Just means they don't want to be where I am because because I'm a human. I'm a fucking threat. Yeah, I mean, that, that could very much be the case because most animals now, because humans have been around for quite some time and they have placed themselves at the it, mostly at the top of the chain in most parts of, of the world. Most animals now at this point do have kind of a wired in fear of humans. So, yeah, I could possibly see that, too. If these cryptids do exist, as we encroach in on nature more, it is possible that they are trying harder and harder not to be found because maybe they do also have a fear of humans because lots of animals in nature now have a built in fear of humans because humans have been 
reigning supreme in terms of power in the world for quite some time. The other thing that I wanted to say, too, is you were kind of talking about how we don't hear as many of these stories as we used to. And while I think that is one aspect of it, that potentially they do see us as threats, and so they're trying very hard to stay hidden, I think it also has to do with pop culture. So during, like, the 50s and 60s, there was so much interest in, in like, science fiction and aliens and spaceships and we had all of these different sightings of ufos and it was all over the place it was part of the just the culture it was tied into the culture and a lot of that came from post-world war ii era and the you know the atom bomb and like all of those things that got people thinking a lot more about sci-fi and technological advances and what that could actually mean for humans if we could wipe ourselves out and if there were beings from another planet that might be keeping an eye on us or trying to keep us in check or trying to keep us from destroying ourselves and so science fiction became like this really popular thing and as that happened you had more and more ufo sightings more and more alien abduction type stories and then over time that lost popularity and for a long time people didn't really talk about aliens and you were a weirdo if you believed in aliens or thought that you saw a ufo you were kind of considered to be crazy whereas there for a couple of decades it was not really considered crazy if you saw a ufo because everybody was curious about that and everybody was talking about like roswell and and things along those lines and then that died out it was no longer part of the the, the pop culture and it started being something that was frowned upon only recently have we really started talking about aliens again and have it come up as part of of pop culture again and a topic of interest that people don't automatically dismiss and i think that's also kind of part of what's going on with cryptids too it's like societally we go through waves of popularity with different topics and i think cryptids are just not popular right now i'm sure at some point there there will be a, a renaissance of cryptids and people will be talking about them all over again but i think they're just they faded out of the lexicon for now they're just not that interesting to people for me personally that exact reason that you talked about right there would make retelling this story, the story of the Mothman or of Bigfoot or any of these, worth retelling, in my mind. Because I feel like there is a big push for technology and society and city living that I feel is just helping perpetuate the amount of damage and destruction we're doing to the planet. Because in order to rape and pillage and cause violence to something, you need to separate yourself from it, which I feel like that's what society is trying to do with us as a population and the earth, you know, the literal land we live upon. And so for me, at least, I feel like these stories are worth retelling just to kindle that interest in nature and what might be there. And what are we destroying when we, you know, clear cut a forest or burn something down? What magical thing is there that we might kill off and never see again? So for me, at least, at least on that level, I think these sort of cryptid stories are worth retelling and worth seeking, even if they're choosing to hide from us. Yeah, I agree with you on all of that. Even though I don't have a deep interest in cryptids, it's never been something that I'm super interested in. I do think that these stories are worth retelling because it says a lot about humanity. It says a lot about culture over time and how these stories of cryptids originated. And I like the mystery of it. And I think it is something that we, sh we should be passing on for the reasons that you suggested, Autumn, because we need to not be separated from nature. We need to be more aware. And we need to be reminded that as we destroy the planet, we may be wiping out things that once they're gone, I mean, they're, they're gone for good. And that doesn't just apply to cryptids. 
that applies to all the creatures that we do know about too. So yes, I agree with you on that front that these stories should be passed on. But I also think that these stories should be passed on because they have been part of the human experience for such a long time. And I'm just sad to see any mythology fall through the cracks and be forgotten completely because I think there's a lot to be learned from myths. But I think there's also just a lot of magic in myths. And as we get older, we lose touch, not just with nature, but we lose touch with magic and awe and the um, the unknown and the mysteries in life. And I think cryptids are a way to keep us somewhat closer to that idea is because it is a huge unknown. We don't know if they're out there, but there's so many stories that have existed all over the world for such a long time. And keeping that mystery alive, I think, helps us stay in touch with the just the magic of human existence and just the magic of existing on this planet. And planets are really fucking fascinating and complex. And I think we do need to be more aware of that and not get so trapped in our day-to-day lives and going to work and feeding our kids, like doing all those things. Those things are important, but I think we still need a connection with something beyond ourselves and beyond our everyday experiences. So yeah, I think they're definitely worth retelling. Jake, do you think they're worth retelling? Oh, definitely. Like you were saying, I mean, the day-to-day, the work, all that, I mean, it, it takes away from nature and and everything else. But even being out here, we're... We live a little more rurally. I can feel nature more. So I feel like those stories just help us realize nature and what could be out there. The possibilities of we're not alone. I mean, I think there's something to be said just in that fact, because I feel like there is such a push in our society, both intentionally and unintentionally, that we do feel so alone. So if there's the concept either through a cryptid or an alien that maybe we're not, as long as they're not going to probe me, I'm cool with believing them. So speaking of not wanting to be probed by cryptids or aliens, there is actually another urban legend on our our little storyteller list today that I would also not want to be probed by, and that is the Hookman. 